This is Nick Fruin, and you're tuned into Tiger Talk, LSU's student journalist-run podcast covering the latest and most important news for the Baton Rouge and LSU community. All right, this is Tiger Talk, and this is Nick Fruin. Today I'm joined by LSU President William Tate. How are you doing today, sir? Doing well in yourself, Nick. Doing all right, doing all right. Um, so your day's just started. You just got your Tiger card just a couple hours ago. How, how was that experience? Was that at the student union? Student union, I forgot my driver's license, so I had to have the crowd verify my identity. Okay. That was very, very, very cool. Okay, is that your first official stop as LSU president on campus? Well, yesterday I went to see Mike the Tiger. Okay. And that was my first official stop. So how much of campus have you, have you explored or seen at this point, would you say? Not a sufficient amount. I'm, I'm having a full-blown uh, tour this week. Oh, okay. So I know today's your first official day. And I think, and I might be wrong, but you, you came here. Were you some of the first LSU students you're actually meeting with, or have you, have you met with some students beforehand? Other than the interview process, you are the very first. Oh, okay. Well, all right. We really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us. Absolutely. So what, what, do, what do you think of our humble abode? This is the KLSU production studio. Um, David's from KLSU. I work at the Rebel and KLSU, but this is our humble little. I, I, I like it. It, it. it has a real friendly vibe to it. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we, we play music 91.1 at KLSU. If you ever want to, you know, stop in and listen sometime. Well, you give me an invite, I'll come over and listen if I get to pick the songs. What, 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 type of, what type of songs would you be playing? Well, I don't know if the listeners would enjoy it. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, it's a different demographic group. I, I tend to like older music. And to be frank, um, I like to listen to music that's more instrumental, so jazz or classic. I, I, I tend to use the music to help me think about ideas as opposed to somebody telling me their story through, you know, their voice. That that That's... That tends to be what I like. Well, we actually have a specialty show. We have a jazz specialty show. It's been going on for a long time now, if you're ever interested. I don't know exactly what times it is. Probably maybe Dave could give you some more info on that. But no, we do have a jazz show, if you're interested. Um, I'm an invite away. An invite away. Okay. So regular day, if you, if you weren't here being president, what would you be doing if it was just an off day and you had a day off? A day off? A day off. And it's a good day outside. I'm going to be hitting a golf ball at least for nine holes. And if my knee holds up, uh, I'm going to get the full 18 in. I enjoy, I enjoy a little golf. Um, okay, if it's a rainy day, then? Rainy day, more than likely. Uh, even today, I'm still writing articles and things of that sort, so I would probably be finishing up um, some of my writing responsibilities on the academic side of my life. Can you maybe like talk a little more about those? What, what would you be writing about your academic responsibilities? You want to get into that briefly? Well, it's dwindled, obviously, because of my administrative duties. But um, I have spent the last 18 years or so doing uh, geospatial analysis of Missouri, uh, trying to understand health and education indicators and how they how they distribute across um, the state boundary and what's happening to people um, in terms of their health and uh, educational outcomes, and are there some patterns that emerge? And if they do, um, what parts of the state are more alike? And then if you once you see that, then you, you have a case to make with legislators about um, how they can invest um, resources and or policy changes to help improve the lives of individuals across the state. 
but the key in that whole process is to figure out um, county by county what's happening and, and how you can really make a good case to a legislative body in terms of supporting. So that, so that experience, being able to do that, talk to these legislative bodies, do you think that's going to benefit you as, as a president of the university, maybe talking to legislators about what the university needs? Or Well, I hope, I hope to be able to say that LSU is influencing the lives of people parish by parish. And if we can do that and, and make that case, I think we're more likely to be uh, in a position to receive support or at least uh, continued support, not necessarily increased, but it would be great to be increased. Um, I, but the key for a land-grant university is to change the lives of the people parish by parish, and, and, and that was the whole purpose, and LSU is a wonderful land-grant institution, so I'd like to be able to make that case. And if I were to do it, um, it'd be great to replicate that research, not in Missouri, but right here in, in Louisiana, and, and make those make those cases. So coming into this job as university president, what could you say are some of the things you expect are going to be or what would you say the problems the university is facing right now? And how do you put those levels of importance? Like, what are you going to handle first? What's on the agenda for you? Well, the opportunities before us are to put together um, clearly a, a very strong um, Title IX operation. That, that's top of mind. Um, we also simultaneously have to remember that people make a decision to come to LSU because they want to be in a safe environment where they can be engaged in um, scholarly activities. Undergraduate students come here to be in the teaching and learning process. Uh, grad students want to create original research. Professional students are attempting to uh, enhance their trajectory into the world of work. Um, faculty members want to do research. And um, it's extremely important that we understand that the ultimate uh, aim of LSU is scholarship first. And so, uh, for me, it's about creating the conditions in which the scholarly environment for undergrads, grads, and professional students is one in which um, they really are benefiting and uh, creating a context for a faculty to be the very best they can be in the teaching and learning process and in the discovery of truth, because foundationally, uh, universities are about seeking truth. Okay. And another issue that I kind of wanted to touch on, I'm sure you've already gotten questions about the Title IX and South Carolina and things like that, but I just wanted to ask you about Obviously, it's a big issue at LSU, or it has been. There's been a scandal about Title IX. How are you going to get in front of that issue? Are you working with the title, uh, the Office of Title IX and Civil Rights, or what are you doing to get in front of that? There, there are a multitude of things that are happening simultaneously. First, there's going to be a search for someone who will be uh, reporting directly to the president who's responsible for Title IX um, and the whole civil rights infrastructure at, 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 at LSU. So we've got to find an outstanding person to do that. Simultaneously, um, there is a design phase happening right now at the institution of designing the Title IX office and the whole process so that it is, um, first of all, uh, aligned with the law in the state of Louisiana, but um, um, equally important, if not more important, that it aligns with what we know from science and evidence about what is the best way to design a program in which somebody's been traumatized, and we've got to provide support for them or simultaneously uh, examining whether or not someone has um, done something that they should no longer be a part of our community. So, and just from hearing you talk now, and I, and I watch your board of supervisors interviews, you seem very scientific based in your, in your reasoning and in how you, how you think through things. So I want to touch, touch on vaccinations um, and possibly mandating those. Where do you stand on that? And how important is it for the student body to get uh, vaccinated for this upcoming school year? 
Well, let's start with what the law says. Mm. Um, right now, you, it's illegal to do that in the state of Louisiana. And um, the, even if you mandated it, if I understand the law correctly, um, people can opt out for various personal religious reasons. So point of fact, um, a mandate in uh, Louisiana for LSU is, is not likely. Uh, I, don't, I don't see how it's politically viable or legally viable, not politically, legally. And so what we have to do is create and encourage students to actually um, study the science related to the vaccination, look at their own personal health, and ask themselves um, what kind of experience do they want to have uh, as an undergraduate or graduate or professional student. If you want to have a 2019 experience, which is what I think most people want, then there's a tremendous incentive uh, to um, be vaccinated. And we've got to be vaccinated at a level that sufficiently protects uh, those individuals who decide not to be vaccinated, right? So we've got to get to a, a level that's quite high from a percentage perspective. And right now we're below that. And so uh, once that number's uh, determined, I think it's, it's got to be over 70%. You know, being an epidemiologist, has got to be pretty high. I, um, we've got to create incentives to get people to get vaccinated so that you all can have a 2019 experience, the residential experience in which you get to do the kinds of things that, you know, you dreamed about when you were going to college. And right now, we're not there. And we've got to get there. It's extremely important that uh, students take it uh, seriously. Um, for me, it's not a political matter. I'm not uh, viewing this through the lens of politics, but purely through the lens of science. So touching on, you said 2019 experience, a big thing about 2019 was we had a very successful football program, very successful athletics. How important is that, is that to you, the athletics program? And specifically, what sports are you interested in? Well, I don't like losing. Okay. It's, losing is not good. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I would like to see our programs extremely competitive in the SEC because if you're competitive in the SEC, SEC, then you're really going to be one of the very best programs in the country. And so uh, I think that everybody in athletics understands that standard. Um, clearly, people here are uh, not accepting anything less than that. And so uh, I, I stand with you in that regard. Um, with respect to the sports that I enjoy, um, I enjoy uh, football, basketball, gymnastics, volleyball, baseball, track. Those are ones that you don't have to, say, if you say it one time, I'm going to, I'll go. And then there are others that once, once I've gone, uh, I, I was, I used to be faculty rep to athletics at a prior institution. So I went to every sporting event. I enjoyed swimming. I thought swimming was, um, it's kind of, it's crazy how pumped up they can get. But, but any, and, and, and I don't have to go to just the events that are uh, being sponsored by uh, the athletics department. There are a lot of competitive events that happen in sort of the rec world. If there's a big rivalry between uh, two student groups and they're going to play it out, I, I like to go to those too because I like to see um, our students, you know, really engage with one another. And so for me, it's just about the competition. So right here, if there's a local if, if this group wants to play another group in a softball game and it's pretty heated, don't be, and you invite me, don't be surprised. I might come out and uh, cheer you on. So it seems like you're very student-involved, you, you, very personal students. Can you maybe 
reflect on your time at University of South Carolina. How, how much time did you spend talking to students or getting to know students, and how important was that to you? It was very important. I, I worked with the student groups. I got to know the head of the, the student, uh, student government there for undergrads and as well as the grad students. And um, with the grad students, we worked together to um, create some new policies that were uh, beneficial to them, including uh, enhancing their health benefits. Uh, the undergrads, I got to talk to them and hear, hear their voices. And um, I made it my business to attempt to meet with recent alums as well, people who had just finished, who could be forthright with me about their experience and didn't have to worry about, you know, this teacher or that person isn't going to say this about me. So it was really important for me to do that. And I had a group that I would, I would meet with regularly to just give me feedback about their experiences at the university. In the end, we do this because of the students. At least I do. There's no reason for me to be here other than the students. If I just wanted to do pure research, I could go to a, just a place that does research. Right? I mean, you could do a lot of institutes. That's all they do. The, the whole notion of a university, the great experiment and the great investment for our society is that we're going to try to uh, create the new citizens of, of our society and, and, and have them be well-educated and to be able to evaluate information to determine the truth from, from fiction. And so for me, it's all about the students. So what when, when you were deciding or maybe thinking about applying to become president of, the, of, of LSU, were you hesitant at all by the Title IX scandal? Did that maybe throw some worry into your mind, maybe being put into those shoes? Perhaps it's important to give some context um, two parts of my life. Um, one part of my life as a professional is uh, I'm a psychiatric epidemiologist where uh, trauma-related activities are a big part of what, what we do. We, we want to help, you know, those situations be better. So, um, <clears throat> when I when I saw everything that was happening at LSU, the, 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 and not just LSU, and that's the second part of my life because I've been at multiple institutions over my career. I kind of know the infrastructure related to Title IX and how a lot of institutions are really struggling with putting together the design related to Title IX. So, two things are happening at once. One, as a professional, uh, the, pro the the opportunity space is consistent with my training. And two, um, I've been around to see that a lot of people struggled. So when I saw it, it, it wasn't surprising. And what I said to people is that LSU's situation um, mirrors a lot of other institutions. The difference with LSU is on the front page of the New York Times. Everybody else um, <clears throat> has very similar problems, but um, they did manifest themselves in a public forum. So what does that really mean? It means that LSU was selected by way of history and public relations to be the institution that needs to model how to do this in the best way. And so I'm drawn to that as a professional who, who is a psychiatric epidemiologist and thinking about these things in population, as well as the fact that I think that we can set an example for other people. And a personal question I have for you, what, what would success as LSU's president look like for you? Is there, is there a benchmark for that? Is, is there a goal you might have set for yourself? Well, in the very immediate term, having a trustworthy Title IX setup and design that has been peer-reviewed and when tested is effective is clearly a priority. Simultaneously, 
we have to maintain and continue moving the teaching and learning environment. One is to secure safety because you can't learn if you don't feel safe. But to continue to pursue academic excellence is extremely important. And I think that um, with my colleagues on the faculty and uh, with student input, I think we need to, as well as input from uh, outside businesses that want to recruit uh, LSU students, we've got to pick some priorities on the academic front and really invest in those so that people say, um, if they want to hire somebody in that area, they're going to come to LSU to do it. And I think that's the kind of standing we want to have as a community and both lift each other up. I feel safe and secure and there are processes in place and the teaching and learning environment is one in which I can go in and I really feel comfortable learning there. And you, we've invested in the right priorities to be great. And of course, it'd be great to win some national championships. So maybe speaking about safe learning environments, do you have a goal maybe for next semester in the terms of being fully in person or a hybrid sort or where, where do you stand on that? Well, I would love for us to experience the, the pre-pandemic life. But to get to the pre-pandemic pre life, we've got to take advantage of science. You know, the beauty of science is that it exists. It's a truth. It's up to us to take advantage of it. it you know, you, you could ignore all the technology and science that exists today and live in a 1980s lifestyle if you'd like. You could. You know, you, don't, you can put your iPhone down and you cannot use any of those things. And, you know, you don't have to have, even have a flip phone. You could go and have a dial a phone and you can live that kind of life if you wanted to. And nobody's going to get in the way of it. And the implications are minimal. But with respect to a pandemic, when you ignore science, it has implications. And so my real hope is uh, to work with people like you and other students to, to make the case Put science first, and, and let's go back to a, a 2019 experience. Residential college, really enjoying one another's company in a safe fashion. So it was reported that one of the last board of supervisors meeting in Alexandria that only about 25% of the student population is vaccinated. So do you believe that students are ignoring the science, like you say? Or where do you think the issue lies with that? Just students don't want to get vaccinated? Well, as a scientist who studies behavior... I don't want to speculate. Okay. I think we need to un understand what are the underlying um, issues that, uh, that are prohibiting people from taking the step to take the vaccination. Now, you know, there's one obvious one. Some people may not feel it's safe. And um, there are efficacy studies coming out right now and, and continuing to come out over the next few months. I know everyone's invested in that to make sure that it's safe. And, I, and, and I'm confident that uh, colleagues who are responsible for this are also um, examining this at scale. And if the status of the vaccine changes from emergency status to just all, all clear sign, um, my hope is people will embrace it. So one of the final questions I have for you, um, when you know a big issue comes up at LSU in the future, who are you gonna look to, for, to, to advise you? Who are you gonna look to for guidance or help in issues that you may not know the answers to? there's anybody specific? Well, every issue is different. Okay. Um, but uh, the first group that I would like to partner with, uh, and I've told them this this morning, is, you know, we have a faculty governance function. The faculty are extremely important for the day-to-day -day 
uh, activities. We also have a staff governance function. And, and those folks are really, um, if, you, if you ask me, they're the backbone of, of keeping the institution going, the faculty and the staff. And so I, I'm partnering with my colleagues there, along with the leadership team, to make decisions about what we do at LSU, because that is the fabric of the community. There's also a student governance piece, and then there are leaders in, in those areas, too, that will, will have a voice uh, while I'm president. And so I want to hear from the people who make up the community for, for things that are really big issues. And then in the end, I, I, I have to synthesize their thoughts and make a decision, and, and then you all hold me accountable. Yes, sir. Well, um, thank you very much for coming down and speaking to me. I really appreciate it. Um, that's all I have for this week. This has been Tiger Talk, and I've been joined by President Tate. Um, is, it, is it President Tate or Dr. Tate? Which one would you rather, would you prefer? Um, either works. Okay. Um, you, you have your choice. Um, so I say either either works, and you, you, you tell me what you prefer. But whatever, whatever you call me, um, just remember I'm just here to help you. <laughs> so, but I'm not a medical doctor, so uh, I can't help you that way. But I know seriously, um, either is fine. And um, Nick, I really appreciate you investing your time and talent in this and look forward to working with you in the future. Thank you. If you're interested in following us on social media, you can find us at LSU Revly on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I also want to give a shout out to my production director, David, from KLSU, and you can find them on Instagram at KLSU FM or 91.1 KLSU.